Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, and my partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we dive into NFL Championship Weekend, the penultimate weekend of the 2021 NFL season. And all that's left, of course, is the grand finale, the big game, Super Bowl 56, going on at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And, of course, this weekend's games will determine the two combatants for the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks. James, happy championship weekend to you, my friend. We're down to the final four, the Bengals and the Chiefs from the AFC, the 49ers and the Rams from the NFC. And I have a conference future ticket on San Francisco, so I'm not entirely surprised to see them here, even though there were certainly some slim times during the regular season. And the Rams, I think, being here is not a shocker either. We know what they did in the offseason and even during the season in acquiring talent. And their future prices before the season kicked off were even shorter than San Francisco's. But I tell you, the AFC matchup, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, I thought they were a fade team under 12 and a half wins this year was a bet I liked, and that turned out to be a good one. Uh, I thought they'd struggle for the six, uh, first six or eight games of the season, and they did, but boy, were they able to turn it around, and here they are for the fourth straight year in a conference championship and trying to go to a Super Bowl for the third year in a row. But how about the Bengals? Where did they came, come from? They were 25 or 30 to one to win the division before the season started. They go on, they do that. They've already beaten the Chiefs a few weeks ago. They sweep the Ravens and the Steelers this season. They just took out the number one seed on the road at Tennessee. I think it's a very good final four. You have the new blood with Cincinnati. You have Matthew Stafford on a stage he's never been on before in his career. The incredible run that the Chiefs have been on. And then San Francisco with a chance for revenge to win a Super Bowl that they failed to do a couple of years ago against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I tell you what, James, honestly, I would really love to see Josh Allen here amongst the final four. I just love watching him and that Buffalo team play. And then, of course, the news that Tom Brady is going to hang it up. I'd really kind of like to see him here making one more run. But I think we have a really good chance to get some good games this week out of the two games that are on tap for us. What are your thoughts as far as 
expectations and and who made it here? Are you surprised or not by these four teams? And and how thrilled are you or not that it is these four teams representing in the conference week? Brady, I think from a, a football fan's perspective, Thinking about last week, all four divisional games, how each one of those games came down to the last possession to win the football game. Man, I think from how those games and the the intensity and the emotions that were put into all four of those games last week with those teams, these four, now we're into the final four of these teams advancing. You know, it's an emotional roller coaster. And yeah, you want to be on the right side where you're the winning side and and carry that momentum over into the conference championship games. I just wonder from an emotional standpoint, uh, you know, the focus is going to be there. You have one game, you're getting to the Super Bowl here if you win. But just wonder from an emotional standpoint, do they start off? Is there a little bit of a hangover considering that each one of these teams had to win in such dramatic fashion? You think about the AFC and the Cincinnati Bengals being that underdog on the road and, and having to kick four field goals and beating the number one seed in Tennessee at their place and as well as Kansas City and how dramatic that comeback was, especially with 13 seconds remaining in regulation to be able to lead down and get that field goal to tie the game and then subsequently win the coin toss and go win the football game. Each one of these teams had their own drama. So I think from an emotional standpoint, yeah, the focus is going to be there. It's all one one game to get to the Super Bowl. I'm just wondering, maybe it takes a drive or two to kind of kickstart those emotions back up because it's hard to simulate. It's hard just to flip that switch on again and play at that extreme high level from, from an intensity and emotional standpoint. So I, I think from last week, there's a lot to have to live up to from performances from all four of those teams of how they played, how they finished leading into the conference championship games tomorrow. James, you have mentioned here on our program throughout the season, the Pro Football Blitz, how you had a very good year in betting the NFL, but for the first time in a while, you did not cash in one of our local football contests. And how do you explain that? And and do you feel like the results on the field were somewhat different this season than in years past? If maybe you saw a little bit of a shift in the NFL and how it affected the point spreads. I I think for me, just now that, This is the second year that we've had legalized sports betting in Colorado, and it is such a better's market out here, if you want to say that, because we have so many operators. I think we have 20 different independent operators out here as far as sports book are concerned, and we have such a wide menu. So it's not just the days of of calling your guy, getting the lines at 4 o'clock, and being ready to put your games and put your plays in later that night, or in this case here on a Sunday, calling in, get your numbers early and making that phone call betting games before they kick off and that the old school ways of betting the size and betting the totals and then watching the game for the next three hours and see how it plays out. Those days are gone. And I think that's where for me, I've just continued to evolve and adapt to the menu of, of options as a sports better here in Colorado to take advantage of, whether it be with alternate lines, really been digging into alternate lines and whether it's playing one side or parlaying certain things. So you, you do a number of teasers, Brady, and in a sense, alternate lines are the same type of style here in Colorado that I can play with. Player prop market is something that I continue to to dig into and and try to find ways of how these games will kind of play out and, and look at game plans for both sides of what I perceive is going to be said game plan for both of those teams and how that might how that might impact certain players' performance on the field, whether uh, we're betting for or against human achievement from those natures. And then the beauty, I think the best part, 
Brady is the in game and the live game. And I think that's where I've been able to to really get dialed in. And I think about you mentioned Tom Brady and retirement coming and and drama that's associated with everything that's been going on, talking about what's happening with him potentially retiring today. Uh Thinking about last week and getting involved in game. You know, I got a big price with Brady at 12 and a half plus that number in that second half last week, feeling like he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to go out like that, being down three scores at the half. Uh, and then also being able to get involved in the money lines on some of these dogs that make these miraculous comebacks in those second halves. I just think from that betting perspective, because there are so many options in there, now you got to be on top of it. And we know that. I've got to be, I've got multiple computers, I've got multiple televisions. When I'm sitting here in my place, that's where I'm best armed to be able to take advantage of numbers as they happen and watching these games for somebody that's an eye test guy. I think that's where it continue for, for myself that because I've had such a success this season. I'll take some time to reflect when the season's all said and done and think about, all right, did I feel like this season was a little bit different from the playoff, from team's perspective, like you asked, Brady, from the NFL perspective where – it seems like, and it, we had that happen again in October, I think, Brady. And October has typically been my my most difficult month throughout the, thinking about contests, Brady. is October's been challenging. I'm typically a dog and an under player. We think about contests and just playing the sides and the underdogs. I think books still have to try to adjust from what they anticipated teams looking like come preseason starting out those first few weeks of the year and then adjusting those numbers and usually when 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 the house is doing well that seems like when I'm doing well and that usually typically doesn't change from season to season yeah I think it's a very good practice as betters to go back and not only review the bets that you made but review that sport that you were betting on and in this case NFL football I think one change and I think you make a great point James maybe why you had a great betting year and not such a good contest year well you can't bet in game and player props and all that stuff with a football contest. But what about also, of course, the last couple seasons we've had COVID. That's nothing we can control. That's really kind of just like, you know, more injuries and players being out, what have you. But I think a big change that we saw this season, and I wonder if it will change your thinking going into the championship weekend here and the Super Bowl, if maybe you'll add another little wrinkle to your handicapping process And that's the affinity for these coaches going for it on fourth down. That's been a big change, I think, in the NFL. And I really think it has started to affect the point spreads as far as results, right? I mean, because they're gambling so much, it's kind of all or nothing. And it's not necessarily just keeping the game close. Agreed, Brady. And think about, yeah, it's not going to be the standard. Well, it's fourth and two at midfield. You know, they're kind of here comes the punt team and let's pin them back. We're now we're almost getting conditioned that these coaches are going to go for it on fourth down. And I, I think sometimes now there's criticism if they don't and feeling like, well, maybe I better because I don't want to be criticized for not following the analytical playbook and doing and going for it on fourth down in certain situations or bypassing the field goal or going for two points, depending on what that score is you know, midway through or late in the game. You think about what happened last week in Tennessee and Vrabel going for two with the penalty when they are tied at six. Should he have gone for two there when it's a yard away or or just kick the extra point and get the lead? I mean, so many things go into it. I think that's where coaches continue to feel like, is there pressure on them to follow that analytical playbook? 
those are things that we have to figure into our handicap, not only for these coaches, what are they going to do in certain situations? What are they going to do under stress? What are they going to do when there's pressure on them to have to make calls in-game and in-game management? And I think handicapping not only players, matchups, X's and O's, all those types of things, the injury reports like you talked about, but also what can we take from coaches? What have we seen in the past when it comes to their decision-making in-game? Because we really have to start to factor in the handicap of how coaches are going to manage games as they progress as well. It kind of feels to me like you have to find a football coach these days that is like Bruce Bochy was with the San Francisco Giants when they won three World Series. He seemed to combine what analytics said he should do as far as making moves with the pitchers or the lineup or whatever and combine that with his gut feeling and managerial experience. And I think you can't, I mean, there are baseball managers that are completely one way. It seems like in football, it's very situational. And sometimes you have to do what the analytics say and sometimes you go with your gut as well. I don't know if we've completely seen that coach come to fruition here in this new NFL that we have that we have witnessed for the past couple of seasons. When we come back, we are going to get into the NFC Championship game, the Rams and the Niners from SoFi. Stick around. We'll be right back on VSIN. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage at vsin.com, and that'll lead up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make your plans now to join VSIN, the betting experts before, during, and after the action, all at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, getting you ready for 
championship weekend here, and we want to go to the NFC championship. The San Francisco 49ers coming off of two straight outright wins as underdogs in the playoffs. They will visit the Rams at SoFi Stadium once again in the role of the underdog. This will be the third meeting of the season between these two division rivals. San Francisco 2-0 straight up and against the spread versus L.A. this season. James, I made this number one and a half in favor of the Rams. My deeper number crunches come to Rams minus one and a half and Rams minus two. Now the game opened up Rams minus four and it very quickly moved to uh, very quickly was bet down to three and a half and that's really where it's been all week. Right now we're at Rams at minus three and a half and I believe there's some juice attached to that at a lot of different stores here. If you want to play the Rams side, it's at even money. If you want to take the 49ers, it's at minus 120. That's pretty much consensus number around town. I'm showing three and a half flat at the South Point and also at the win. Uh, also at the BetMGM, it's also showing three and a half flat here. Your consensus total is 45 and a half. James, uh, are you with me there? I, I know you were having some struggles with your audio. Can you hear me? Don't have James just yet. So wanting to know your opinion when we get you back on there, uh, where this game is right now. The Rams throw, uh, laying three and a half points to San Francisco. Again, these teams have met so many times. Of course, division rivals. This will be the third time this season. I mentioned that the Niners are 2-0 and straight up and against the spread against the Rams this season. They wouldn't even be in this spot right now, San Francisco, if it wasn't for that Week 18 contest down at SoFi Stadium where the Niners were trading. 17 to 3 at halftime. And I thought it was very big that they got that three points before halftime. They knew they were getting the ball first to begin the second half. And it doesn't seem like much. A lot of times we, you know, scoff at uh, teams kicking field goals. Well, they didn't have any choice there, but I did think it was big that they got three points on the board. Robbie Gould has been outstanding in the postseason uh, in past years and this season included. He puts that three points on the board in the first half, and then they come out in the second half and they don't get away from their game plan. I believe it was that first drive where they ran the ball 10 consecutive times, and that, I believe, was what set up a Debo Samuel touchdown pass, if I recall that specific drive. But uh, I think that's how it happened coming out of the first half. That got them right back in the ball game at 17-10. to 10. They ended up tying it up. Of course, we go to overtime, and the Niners win that game. And by default, the Rams end up winning the NFC West division, uh, but San Francisco saves their playoff lives by winning that game and advancing. Then, of course, they go on to Dallas, upset the Dallas Cowboys as underdogs, and then in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, just an incredible effort. And James alluded to it in the first segment there. What a weekend of football it was last weekend, and it started with the Niners and the Green Bay Packers in just a wild game. It looked like Aaron Rodgers and company were going to come out and just take control of this game right away with that first drive, but the Niners hung in there the entire time, obviously had some huge plays on special teams, and Jimmy G, I believe it's only one touchdown pass that he's thrown in the postseason so far, and I think you almost have to throw that game out at uh, 
Green Bay because of the frigid temperatures. And obviously they were going to try and run the ball, especially against that defense. So I think that's maybe a little bit of an overreaction. And we'll talk about that as far as the total is concerned in this ball game with the Los Angeles Rams coming up on Sunday, whether or not we like the over or the under again, currently 45 and a half for your total there between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams, three and a half year number as far as the side. The other game, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, that game will actually go first on Sunday afternoon. I believe that's a 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern start. And then the 49ers and the Rams at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. And Cincinnati has been a seven-point dog just about all week long. Uh, That was the opening number. It has not moved. Now some juice has been attached to the favorite. I'm seeing here at Circa a 7 minus 120 on the favorite. A couple of other 7s minus 120 around town. The Westgate has minus 115 on the favorite. And, of course, the South Point trades everything at 110 as far as the sides. So you've got uh, just a flat 7 there at the South Point point at minus 110 either way on the money line and I just think it's kind of interesting uh, I just think it's kind of interesting here that we have not seen that game flip to seven and a half and maybe we will before kickoff it it feels like the majority of the interest here is on the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, I'll go back to the San Francisco 49ers and the Rams now James are you with me my friend Yeah, I am with you. Apparently, my computer, I thought, had decided to retire, and now it decided, (laughs) you know what, I'm coming back out of retirement, and let's get back on the show. So I believe I am back live with you, my man. Okay, well, I was just kind of rambling on here about both of these point spreads and a number of different things in the playoffs here. Um, But let me set the stage for you again. SoFi Stadium, the third time the Rams and the 49ers are meeting this season. Of course, the 49ers uh, beat the Rams in Week 18 just to get here, just have a chance to be here I made the number Rams minus one and a half and when I do my deeper number crunches I came out with Rams minus one and a half and Rams minus two currently we are at three and a half in favor of the Rams a little bit of juice attached to that three and a half if you like the Niners juice on the dog there and a total of 45 and a half where are you on this one a couple different ways. So I've got a couple props that we've got in here that I'm interested in playing that I have played. And also I, I've moved the line a little bit. So like we talked about in the first segment, lots of different sports books to be able to get in there and see what's available. And yeah, there's some places where it is three and a half juiced towards the dog in in favor of San Francisco. Well, I found a four and a half that was at a dollar twenty, and that's where I played San Francisco there at a dollar twenty. I also played that's the amazing, money line. James. That's amazing, James. You got it. You got an entire full point more for basically the same price. Exactly right. And that, again, that's the beauty of being able to find so many operators out here. And you just, you have to dig around a little bit and it takes some time, but it's well worth it, right? Where we look at this is we are, yes, we can call it sports gambling, but really we're investing and you want to put your time into it. If you want to be successful, you have to put some time into not only breaking down the games, but then digging out there, depending on what all the options are and shopping around. And that's exactly what it is here. I'm a terrible shopper when it comes to to going out and buying new threads or anything like that. I'm awful at it. I don't look for sale. I just get it. I go in, I grab it, and I go. 
when I'm betting on sports and I'm looking for opportunities to find better numbers, I'm a tremendously frugal shopper from that perspective. And here, yeah, I did play the 49ers plus four and a half at $1.20. I also found a money line play in favor of San Francisco at plus 165. That one was out here at the Superbook. I think that's where it is currently right now as well. It's kind of fluctuated between 155 to 165. Some places have it all the way down to 145. So again, you're talking about a 20 cent difference. And depending on how much you're putting on that, that could be pretty significant. Significant as far as the the rate of return, the money you're getting back on the, uh, if you happen to win that, and I feel like here this game feels like a coin flip to me. Yes, uh, as far as the Rams talent-wise, more star power, I think, on both sides of the football. But I think cohesively with the San Francisco 49ers, the fact that not only did they sweep the Rams this year in the regular season, but they've won, they've beaten San, the San Francisco has beaten the LA Rams the last six times they've played and I think here familiarity that that I think both these coaches both these teams are so familiar with each other now it comes down to execution and are the Rams going to be ex- be able to execute defensively against that San Francisco 49er running game. We know that's exactly who they are. This is what they want to be. I I think I heard you mentioning as far as Jimmy G was concerned, anytime he doesn't throw a touchdown, that's a good thing for San Francisco when they're winning football games in the playoffs in particular. That's what San Francisco wants to do. They're going to line up and they're going to run the football. Now it is going to be key to see what's going to happen at the left tackle position for San Francisco. I think that's going to be key for me. Are we going to see Trent Williams play in this game? He missed the, the last game with an elbow injury. Last week, he injured his ankle against Green Bay. He was able to sustain and play through the game. I suspect we'll see Trent Williams out there, but he's not going to be at 100%. But thinking about the blow, the the zone, the stretch scheme, the, the zone blocking scheme that San Francisco runs, you know, I don't know if that's as big a deal in the run game as it is in the pass protection with not having Trent Williams there at the left tackle or being way below 100% if he is out there on the field. So that's where I'm going here. I know we'll be able to dig into this game a lot more when it comes to some of the player props and things that I have going here, and they're kind of correlated to where I think this game is going to go in favor of San Francisco. But, yeah, I did put some money on the money line for San Francisco to win this game at plus 165 and then took that plus 4.5 at $1.20. We'll continue this conversation in the next segment and get into some of those player props you talk about as well, James. Now, you follow and scour the injury reports as closely as anybody in the NFL handicapping business. Don't you feel like Trent Williams is going to give it a go? I'll get your answer on the other side. I don't think this guy would miss this game if his life depended on it. We'll talk more about the 49ers and the Rams on the other side here as Championship Week continues at VSIN. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all for free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. 
James, continuing on with the matchup in Southern California on Sunday, the 49ers defense has now racked up 15 sacks in their last three games and 34 sacks in their last eight games. We talked about the travel situation for San Francisco going into Green Bay last week. This is now their third road playoff game in a row, their fourth road game in a row. If you go back to the uh, week 18, the last game of the regular season, and it's their seventh game out of their last nine on the road for San Francisco. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, 13-7 and straight up and 15-5 and against the spread as an underdog in his career, and that includes 12-2 and against the spread as a dog of five or fewer points. Now, Kyle Shanahan, his offense has been able to take the Rams out of what they like to do defensively, James. It's a good offensive line against a good defensive line, but the Rams linebackers and now a banged-up secondary, that's where San Francisco has been able to expose the weaknesses for the Rams and capitalize on that. Garoppolo likes to throw short to medium routes over the middle, and the Los Angeles Rams rank 29th in the league on passes over the middle from 0 to 15 yards, that range. So I expect we're going to see more of the same. You talk about how these teams are very familiar. I think you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo over the middle, taking advantage of a banged-up secondary and a weak linebacking core for the Los Angeles Rams. In particular, those safeties. We know Fuller safety for the Rams. He's gone for the season. Rap now has been out. He's missed the last couple games due to a concussion that he suffered in that Week 18 matchup against San Francisco. Is he going to be available? He's questionable now. He was limited in practice, so he did get back onto the practice field this week. But we know you still have to go through concussion protocol. So we'll see if Rap actually gets back out there on the field as one of the starting safety positions because those two safeties were two of the top tacklers for the L.A. Rams. So I think... That's gonna. That could be very beneficial again for San Francisco. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, and yeah, they want to have a rhythm throw. We saw some of those outside the number throws last week in San Francisco, and yeah, it was cold and and there was weather was definitely a factor. But he did not have the arm strength. We know he's dealing with the sprained shoulder. We know he's dealing with the thumb injury as well. Did not have the arm strength to throw that ball to the outside. But to your point, Brady. So far this season, the two games that San Francisco has played against the Rams that they've won, Jimmy Garoppolo has completed 30 of 36 passes inside the numbers in that short zone that you're talking about. So that's where they're going to look to exploit, especially off the play action, getting that run game going. I think that's the key here. Yeah, I think for for Trent Williams, he's going to be a go. He's not going to be anywhere close to 100%. But the problem is, is that he is going to face the the best defensive tackle in football in Aaron Donald. And he can play in what's Aaron Donald can play the three technique. He can play the four technique if he's going to line up inside that that tackle off his shoulder. I mean, he's going to be able, I think Aaron Donald's going to really feast in this game here. And then San Francisco is going to be running the football. We know that. And that's going to lead me to one of my props here, Brady, with Aaron Donald. Shopping around, I found Aaron Donald. He was sitting his total tackles and assists in this for this game. We're sitting at four and a half. It was juiced pretty heavily to the under. I'm going the other way on this. I took plus 110. That was at DraftKings, four, over four and a half tackles, plus 110 for Aaron Donald just feeling like here the two games that they played against San Francisco this season Aaron Donald has 15 tackles in those two games and three of those were tackles for loss I think he's going to have a few of those in this game here just knowing that Williams is not going to be close to 
percent, and Aaron Donald matched up against Lakin Tomlinson. He's going to dominate inside. Tomlinson's going to need help, and he's going to need help from from Williams on the in that three hole. And I think that's going to be the problem here for San Francisco with that stretch run. I think Donald. The one thing about Donald is we know he's incredible. He's a game wrecker. He's an incredible player. That said. On 50 dropbacks so far this in this season, those two games against San Francisco, no sacks and only one pressure on the quarterback. So I think we're going to see a very motivated Aaron Donald in this matchup. So that leads me to one of my props, like I talked about. Aaron Donald going over four and a half tackles slash assists plus 110. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 37 and 15 straight up as a starter, including 21 and 7 straight up on the road. His winning percentage of over 70% is fourth best in the league, only behind Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's now third best if uh, Mr. Brady is indeed going to step aside. Uh, Rams All-Pro wide receiver Cooper Cup. He has had success against San Francisco this season, catching 18 of 20 targets for 240 yards and a touchdown, but the Niners have been able to shut down the Rams' running game, allowing just a hair over three yards per carry in the two prior matchups this season. Much has been made about Kyle Shanahan. You talked about it. Six straight over Sean McVay's Rams, but let's remember, four of those six were with Jared Goff and not Matthew Stafford at quarterback. And then finally, James, this is a situation we have pointed out many times during the regular season. The Rams go from winning outright as an underdog into the role of the favorite. And that is not always a winning recipe against the spread. Traditionally, not in the NFL. You mentioned the prop bet on Aaron Donald. Let's talk about some of the player prop bets and uh, a couple that I was looking at here. Um, I did play Jimmy Garoppolo over 228 yards passing, and it looks like that's ticked up a little higher in a lot of shops. And I think we're getting a good value number here, James, because because of what he's done the last two games. I mean, on average, he threw for almost 260 yards in every game. But the last two games, he threw for, I think it was 173 against Dallas and then 131 yards against the Green Bay Packers. And again, I think you throw out the game at Green Bay. Uh, I don't know if anybody was going to throw for 400 yards in that weather. So I think this number's ticked down a little bit, and uh, there's some value on the over on the Garoppolo passing yards prop. There could be just a matter of how many attempts is Jimmy going to have in this game throwing the football. That is not where Shanahan wants to go, and the 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 the, the passing game is going to be predicated off the run game for San Francisco. Those two games this season where the 49ers have dominated control of the line of scrimmage. They've rushed the ball 75 times in those two games for 291 yards, so nearly 150 yards per game on the ground and committing to rushing the football. So, yeah, Garoppolo's 30 of 36, throwing in between the numbers in this matchup these two, during the regular season against the Rams, and we know those safeties are, are, are beat up on that back end, and I'm just thinking about, all right, what does that mean for the Rams' defense now? I think they're going to have to stay in their base defense. You're not going to be able to, to do a lot of five-man fronts. We know they rush that 3-4 there. and You're going to have those two edge rushes. You're going to bring Floyd and you're going to have Miller on the other side, but they're going to have to be they're going to have to be involved in the run game. I know for Von Miller that's not his strength. He is not interested in trying to get in there and mix it up in the run game. He wants to come off that edge and rust the passer. So I, I think when it comes to looking at Garoppolo's prop, I've played him plenty betting against him this season to go over his 
passing total. I'm not going to play it here. I didn't get involved with it. I looked at those numbers of how the success that he's had, especially throwing in down the seams and in between the numbers against this Rams, and there's some issues there on that on that back end for Los Angeles. So I could see where we get there, and I wouldn't want to bet the under in this case because I think it's a favorable matchup for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I just don't know if he's going to get enough attempts. And then the other piece, too, is I just sometimes just don't trust Garoppolo to make the right decision, make the right read, make the right throw, especially right now because of some of the injuries that he's dealing with. Here's a couple of others that I looked at. Jawan Jennings over 24 and a half yards receiving. I think he's kind of the hidden gem for this 49ers receiving core. Uh, you know, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, they get all the headlines. But uh, Jawan Jennings has been a real preferred target of Jimmy Garoppolo in the second half of the season. I think possibly over 24 and a half yards for Jennings. I mean, he might only catch three or four balls, and that uh, certainly would get him over 24 and a half yards, you would think. Tyler Higby over 40 and a half yards for the Rams. I think he and Matthew Stafford have just a great chemistry between them. I think the tight end there is kind of the security blanket for Stafford. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup's going to garner a ton of attention. OBJ, Van Jefferson. So I think Higby is the guy that uh, Matthew Stafford can also or can often find as the open option. And then Cam Akers under 83 and a half for rushing and receiving yards total. We know how this. 49ers run defense is able to shut down the Rams running game and I don't necessarily see Cam Akers catching a lot of balls out of the backfield either so that was one I took a look at as well James well and I played his rushing attempts at 18 and a half it's dicked to 8 17 and a half I got that at DraftKings yesterday under 18 and a half rushing attempts uh thinking about he just came back six months ago coming back from Achilles surgery he's only played a few games he got a number of carries he had 24 carries last week against Tampa Bay but where's his confidence right now he put the ball on the ground and two to end the half in the red zone and then gave life back to Tampa Bay drop putting the ball on the ground late in that fourth quarter I'm not sure if the if the coaching staff has confidence in Cam Akers to give him that many attempts right now under 18 and a half rush attempts for me. All right, very good. When we come back, it's time to play America's favorite game show. Stick with us on the Pro Football Blitz. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. 
Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back in the Pro Football Blitz here for NFL Championship Weekend. And we've gotten to the point in the show where it is time to play America's favorite game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it. Hey, James, you know the routine here. I will read a player's stat sheet off. You try and guess who that player is. I will reveal the mystery player, and then we will decide if we want to consider making a bet on it, booking a bet on it, or completely dropping a bet on it. And the market we're going to be taking a look at this time around is the Super Bowl MVP odds. And I think this is kind of fun to already try and predict who might be the Super Bowl MVP. Of course, we don't even know who is going to be in the Super Bowl just yet, but I think it can be an advantageous market. Um, obviously, after this weekend, a lot of these numbers are going to crash uh, because, of course, we'll know who's in the game. Obviously, some bets you could make right now, you, it'd be a losing ticket, but uh, you might be able to make some bets where maybe you get twice the price looking ahead to the actual matchup. All right, we'll start with player number one. This player has thrown for a total of 592 passing yards, two touchdowns with one interception so far this year in the playoffs. They took down the number one seed last week with a team to go on the road again to play. They have already beaten in the regular season by a score of 34-31. to This player's odds to win the Super Bowl MVP are set at 10-1. to 10 to 1, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, indeed. Yes, they took down the number one seed, almost 600 yards of passing already in the playoffs. And you remember, he finished the regular season with about three straight games uh, for almost 1,500 yards passing. So (laughs) Joe Burrow's been on a roll. Also, in their last six games, he's only turned the ball over one time. So uh, the Bengals are rolling, certainly. And, you know, if the Bengals do get to the Super Bowl, then absolutely this guy's got a shot to win MVP. Yeah, and I think if they win the Super Bowl, they're right now the odds on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl are at eight to one. So you're getting better. You're getting a, a better price there at ten to one because yeah, if Cincinnati is able to pull off that, you now it's it, looking at where their number is. It's it's high for a reason because they have to beat Kansas City in Kansas City. Yes, Cincinnati was able to accomplish that a few weeks ago, but that was back at home in Week 17. Different story going into Arrowhead, and then only having to win that football game to make it to the Super Bowl, and then win the. Super Bowl beating the NFC champion. I think that's a tall order. I think you can consider it. I'd be considering Burrow at 10 to 1 before I consider the Bengals at 8 to 1 because if the Bengals are able to pull that off and Joe Burrow now becomes one of the new faces of the NFL at the quarterback position, you know he's going to have a sensational game in both of those games to be able to pull that off, in particular in the Super Bowl for Cincinnati to win. It's all on his shoulders. So looking at 10 to 1 rather than 8 to 1 on the Bengals, that's why I'd consider it. Yep, absolutely. I think that's a great breakdown because if the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl, who else is going to be MVP? I would probably make that bet uh, before, like you as well, before betting the Bengals at 8-1. to one. 
Okay, this player has thrown for a total of 303 passing yards with two interceptions so far in this year's playoffs, also taking down a number one seed last week. This team will also go on the road to take on a team they've upset twice so far this season. This player's odds to win Super Bowl MVP set at 8-1. to one. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, indeed. And, uh, of course, we'll get your opinion on... I, I think I would drop it, James, because you and I have kind of talked about this in our breakdown of the game against the Rams. Even if the Niners go on to advance to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, I don't know if Jimmy G is going to be like Joe Burrow, where he probably has to be the star. I don't think it has to be Jimmy G, and I'm not so sure the Niners want it to be Jimmy G. The recipe for San Francisco to win any football game, and especially this deep into the playoffs, the NFC Championship game, and then the Super Bowl, is not to have Garoppolo throwing the ball 35, 40 times in either of those games to make big plays. And he's got some talent out there to make some of the play. You're talking about Debo Samuel. But really, this isn't – the thing about this San Francisco team, I don't know if this San Francisco – Niners roster is as good as it was a couple of years ago, but it seems like it's a, a tougher minded team this year than what we saw a couple years back. But yeah, I, I would drop it too. I think if it's if the 49ers win and they get into that, they get into the Super Bowl and whether you're going to be playing Cincinnati and we've seen how porous that offensive line is. Could, does somebody like Bosa have a field day back there getting after if it's Burrow putting Burrow on the ground? We know he's one of the, the leads the league and being sacked as the quarterback this season you might see a defensive player actually win it for San Francisco I might want to dig into those numbers for San Francisco maybe it's Fred Warner or a, a Bosa in that respect thinking if San Francisco is able to pull that off it's going to be because of the running game it's going to be because of that defense it's not going to be because of, of Garoppolo yeah we've got a segment coming up a little later on in the show where we will talk about that exact uh, point you're making there for Super Bowl MVP possible Super Bowl scenarios as far as point spreads between two possible teams and what have you. Uh, player number three here, this player has averaged 14, or excuse me, this player has 14 receptions for 244 total yards with two touchdowns, averaging over 16 yards per catch in the playoffs. Catching the game, sealing pass to get it within 30 yards for a field goal. This player has arguably the best route running in the NFL, and you can only hope to keep him under 100 yards for the game. <laughs> this player's odds to win Super Bowl MVP also at eight to one. LA Rams Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, what a season. Right, absolutely. I, I I think you definitely would consider. I'm looking at the numbers here. The Rams are just they're plus two hundred to win the Super Bowl. And you I, you mentioned what what did you say, eight hundred? I see a nine hundred right now in favor of Cooper Cup. That might be I'd consider it. I mean, if it if the Rams are able to get there and, and we know there's some star power on that defensive side, in particular Aaron Donald, we know he can be a game record, and we were just talking about Bosa. And if it's San Francisco in the Super Bowl being able to go up against either that Kansas City offensive line or in particular that Cincinnati offensive line how dominant would Aaron Donald what a field day he would have going against the interior of either of those offensive lines to make some plays defensively but I think offensively yeah Cooper Cup what a what a sensational season he's had this year and then you mentioned the playoff game and in Tampa the huge plays that he was making it's it's the route running is a big piece of it but I just think the Man, the, the confidence that he plays with out there, the hands, the route running, such a smart player. And then it's yards after the after the catch. I mean, his, his he is able to just make so many great plays, such great instincts as a receiver. Yeah, I think we would consider that. I definitely consider Cooper Cup 
plus the 800 or plus the 900 that I see here as opposed to the Rams plus just 200. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he has the ability to make enough uh, splash plays, if you will, to to attract the voters for that type of thing. He has the ability to score three or four touchdowns in a game. So uh, I, I would consider it on Cooper Cup as well. Okay, final player here. This player has thrown for 782 yards, total passing yards, with eight touchdowns and only one interception in the playoffs after arguably one of the best playoff games ever played. This player and his team will stay home to face the team they lost to earlier in the regular season by just three points. This player's odds to win Super Bowl MVP. He is the short shot at plus 175. That would be Patrick Mahomes, Kansas Patrick City Patrick Mahomes, indeed. And um, I, I can't bet it at that price, James, especially if, when we don't even know if this guy's going to be in the game just yet. <laughs> so, as well, and then the Chiefs are just plus 120. And I think you'll – they get there. I don't know how much that number would really change if Kansas City is in the Super Bowl. You're going to drop back some below that 180. I see a 180 or that 175 like you mentioned. But it's very similar to – it was one of the scenarios I did last year with Tom Brady. Took took Tampa Bay to, to win the Super Bowl. I think it was plus – I forget what the money line was. Plus 180, something like that. Plus 160, I believe – Excuse me, but uh, but definitely had Tom Brady plus the 250 to be Super Bowl MVP. Mahomes will come trickling down some from that one plus 175, but I agree. It's too short right now to get involved when we don't know. They still have to get to the Super Bowl. You know, Mahomes is another player, kind of like Joe Burrow, where you figure if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, he's probably going to get MVP. Uh, he is, of course, the one throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill and throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey. I don't know if there's a player on defense that's going to win it for Kansas City. So um, Patrick Mahomes, certainly the uh, favorite to win MVP if the Kansas City Chiefs do go on to win the Super Bowl. But again, at that price, I can't do it now. Uh, Join the playoff action with Supercuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this eight-part contest series and compete for a cut of $45,000 in total cash prizes. You can head to DraftKings.com slash Supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut. This is Supercuts. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here inside the Pro Football Blitz. One hour here in the books and we will come back on the other side like we always do at the top of the second hour with Jeffrey Benson and Derek Stevens. We'll talk about what the action's like here for NFL Championship Weekend at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Stick with us. We'll be back in just a moment at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.